0: Welcome to Bridges. I'm Monica Schmelzer. I'm glad that you could join us today. Today, we're going to start to study the book of John. And my guest today, also my pastor, is Corey Tremble. Corey, good to have you back on Bridges again today. Thanks for
1: having me back again. I appreciate it so much.
0: I'm so glad that you could come. You know, Corey, we kind of, uh, for Bridges, we hit this 25-year anniversary of doing the show and really started to pray and think about maybe how could we change things and Mm. what what we... what would we like to do? And one of the things that we've never done is study the Bible in context, going book by book. So you're one of the first guest pastors to come on and help us study the book of John. I
1: was going to say, it's, uh, you can never go wrong with just going through the word, especially in kind of an expository way. It's, I'm a huge proponent, uh, proponent of that. And, uh, been doing that for a long time. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, I think it's a great start. I think it's a great thing to do. Yeah,
0: it is. It is. It's uh, one of the things actually that brought me to Experience Community Church was I wanted to be a part of a local church that would study the Word in context because there mm. are just there are things we just can't get mm. if we don't study in context and understand what happened before and what happened after.
1: It's in a surprising. Story. Uh, yeah. It's kind of interesting how many churches don't do it. Yeah. And I think it's easier to teach that way. I think it takes a lot of pressure off pastors and teachers and and TV hosts Mm -hmm. and whatever the case may be um, when we just put all of our emphasis on the Bible and kind of remove ourselves from it a little bit.
0: And just really lean into the weight of the word absolutely. You know, instead of trying to come up with a popular topic and all the things that we do, it's a really good book (laughs) (laughs) written by the only infallible one. It's his absolute truth. So we're going to start today studying in the book of John. So I think that this study will be helpful for everybody that wants to cultivate their relationship with Christ, that wants to know more about the word. And, you know, as I said, when we got started, he was here first. And I think That's one of the foundational truths. As we open up the book of John, it speaks to the deity of Christ and the fact that he was here first, like he was here first, then we got to be here. So our lives are best lived when we live out his word instead of trying to get him to do things our way. So Corey, maybe you could get us started out with just how the book of John starts out.
1: Uh, It starts off pretty heavy. Yeah. john one uh the first half of john one is extremely theologically dense you said you, you keep bringing up the word and it's fascinating it says in the beginning was the word so so we start to understand from the beginning of john that this book really is the mind of god on paper and that kind of gives us uh a lot of um shows us just how important it is to dive into this thing to to do our best to understand it to read through it and 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 all the mentions of light and all the mentions of the word. And like you keep saying that, that not only was God here first, God is the, the he is the central thing of yeah. everything, yeah. everything.
0: Yeah. Of everything. He was his, here first. This is his world. Mm-hmm. We are made by him and on every level that can change how we live.
1: Absolutely. Again, it goes, I don't know. I'm on this big thing lately. If If we get into this, the the liberating thing about Christ is is that, that we can never be enough, that he is enough. And mm-hmm. so if we would just lean into him more, there is such a freedom that we receive, yeah. knowing that we don't have to be perfect, but we have to be in a relationship with the one who is perfect. And John starts that off mm-hmm. beautifully with kind of the centrality of it's all about Jesus. Amen.
0: Amen. Well, could you start us off? Could you read from John uh, one first chapter just down to the fifth verse?
1: Sure. All right. Yeah, good stuff. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were created through him and apart from him, not one thing was created that has been created in him was life how beautiful is that? Mm-hmm. And that life was the light of men. That light shines in the darkness and yet the darkness did not overcome it.
0: Yeah. You know, that's powerful. Extremely. And when I look about now, you know, you all, as you join us today in the darkness that's in this world and the amount of deception that's being put forth as truth, the amount of wrong that's being put out there as right by the culture, but yet, what you just read tells me that all of this darkness can do nothing no. to extinguish his light.
1: And again, and I think that goes with us, that if we are in the light if we're living in the light, if we have a relationship with Jesus, that simple, um, that we cannot be overcome either. Yeah. And I mean that not in a prosperity sense or uh, that, that, that we're always going to win physical battles or anything like that, but, but our souls, um, going back to the book of Romans we talked about a little bit last time I was here, of that nothing can pluck us out of the hand of God. Yeah. And so there is such power in that that, that nothing can overcome the light.
0: Right. And and that we can live a stable life mm. rooted in Christ. I'm not saying that we don't have tests and trials because the Bible teaches- And failures, right? right, failures. And the Bible teaches that Christians suffer and that Mm -hmm. it's good if we suffer for the cause of Christ. Uh, Not good, right, if we suffer as a criminal or a wrongdoer, but there is a holy kind of a suffering. And so we don't get separated from that because Jesus won the victory on the cross. But yet the confidence that I can have knowing that darkness is never gonna overtake me as long as I choose the truth and the light.
1: And these first five verses really put us in perspective as far as is, uh, we live in a culture right now. Another thing that I've been on a kick on lately. Uh, we think way too much of ourselves. Yeah, We, we think that um, there's kind of a, a very false sense of importance about us.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And John starts off this with everything was created through him, by him, for him. There was nothing created that didn't come through Jesus, uh, that he was the life, he was the light. And again, it kind of takes this uh, pressure and emphasis off us and puts it on a God that can handle it and and that, quite frankly, deserves it.
0: Yes. Yes. And I think that that's such an important perspective to have. It also frames these first few verses frame up truth, Mm. because when we interject ourselves into the story and we'll hear people say, well, this is my truth. And, you know, this is this is what I believe and this is what I think. And we all have a free will. So we get to do that.
1: Is that not the mantra of our day, though? It is. Relativism, my truth. Mm -hmm. I didn't mean to cut you off. Oh, no, you're fine.
0: No, 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 no. That I hear people say that. And I think, well, you you get to do that and I get to do that. and I'm going to live with the consequences of that wrong choice because it's not there is no my truth. Mm. His word is true.
1: So we don't just create a truth for ourselves. No. I think a lot of Christians have created a Jesus in their image. Yeah. Which is very uh counterintuitive to the to the teachings of the Bible that, that um we are made in his image, supposed to be morphing and conforming more mm-hmm. into his image. And again, John lays it out um so much so that that he is the he is the central piece. It is all about him, he knows all. And um Jesus is not just a cool guy that loved homeless people and, you know, stood up for prostitutes. Mm -hmm. Jesus was God in flesh.
0: Yes. Yes. And, you know, there is that kind of uh, I like the way that you word that Christians that will kind of in our own way, make Jesus into our image. And this Mm -hmm. is what we think he's like. And that Jesus is acceptable as the cool guy. Right. If he feeds homeless people and sticks up, you know, for for people that are oppressed. And he did those things. Of course, he did those things. Absolutely. But he is still the son of God. He is still the living word. Yes. He is still our advocate, our elder brother, and our only way to heaven. He is all of those things. All that is right here. Yes. I liked how you said that the Bible is the mind of God. It is. The mind of God. I mean, I've thought of it as a letter from God, but it is the mind of God. And that every day, right, that mere people like us can read the word of God.
1: And you know more. Imagine, I always made the joke. Imagine if someone wrote a book about your spouse before you met your spouse <laughs> and you could get it and be like, wow, I know everything about my spouse. Now, we don't know everything about God from this. There's so much we we can't comprehend. But this very dense, well-written, beautiful book really does let us into the, the character, nature, the traits of, of God, mm-hmm. our heavenly husband. Right. And so I find it fascinating. I think the last stat that I checked, which was a Lifeway stat, uh, was 5% of Christians read the Bible on a monthly basis. And that is uh, it's detrimental to the faith right now yeah. in the United States.
0: Well, and I think it's part of the reason, Corey, that we're in the state that we are in
1: absolutely, as
0: a culture. And absolutely. I know so many of you and, and so forth and all of us feel so badly about where our culture is and wonder, well, how did this happen? And you all, it's not just that evil people are being evil. It's also that people that name the name of Christ Don't read his word and obey it regularly. It's not just that pastors haven't been feeding the sheep, though some of that may be happening. But let's be honest most of us have access to God's word that every single day, whether we're a college graduate, a high school dropout, whoever, wherever we are, most of us in the United States of America can read our Bibles. And so we have to kind of look at ourselves in the mirror and say, we got here because we haven't done our part
1: and we have so much not only so much access to to the book uh i always joke around with the congregation if you say you don't have time if you have a commute to work yes uh the YouVersion version app that you get on your phone will read you the bible um uh, i made a joke my my mother got a, a, a copy of the scripture from my wife on cd years mm-hmm. ago when we first got saved and it had guys like morgan freeman reading the yes. bible to you and i'm like How wonderful is that? You can drive in your car and listen to the wonderful voice of Morgan Freeman Mm -hmm. reading reading the Bible to you. We have access to it. Uh, There's really no excuse. And you hit the nail on the head. We have found ourselves in the cultural position we are in today because Christians have neglected this.
0: Yeah. And that was my heart, Corey, in wanting to, in Bridges, study the Bible, Mm. help people to see it in context, put up online resources and things for people to delve into it because really in the direction that our culture is going, if we're not rooted and grounded in His Word, I don't know how we're going to stand in these times.
1: We we, we will not. Yeah. Uh, we will not be able to stand in these times. There's actually a scripture in Revelation that says that. I can't remember what chapter it is, but it says who will be able to stand. Yeah. and um, The one that will be able to stand will be the one mm-hmm. who who is rooted in this word, and again, going back to these first five verses, this isn't just his word uh Jesus Christ and the Word are are, are synonymous, they yeah. are one and the same, yeah, and so when it says that the Word became flesh this this what Jesus is, who Jesus is, the character of Jesus, was manifested and and we have it written down here. This is a very, very important text yeah
0: and it's it's a sacred book, yes. And it's been given to us by God because he loves us and that he spoke to so many different authors Mm -hmm. who all came from different walks of life and different levels of education. And yet, the more that you read the word, the more that it complements each other. Absolutely. You can start out and say, well, I think it's contradictory. It might seem contradictory, but the more that we lean into it, the more we see Mm. how intelligent, how all wise God is working through mere men, penning those words under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit of all the things that any of us get to do today. Of all the things, his word and cultivating our relationship with Christ is of preeminence. Mm. And that starts, I think, when we realize, well, he was here first. So he knows about all of this. He knows the beginning from the end. He is the alpha. He is the omega. He is all of that. And where... Are we going to stand in faith in all of that is the question.
1: Really, really good you said that too, because nothing that is happening in America right now shocks God. No. Uh, Nothing that we have done, the mistakes we've made as as individuals shocks God. And again, I I think if more people would get into this and trust Jesus, there is such a liberation. Yeah. Personally, knowing that, that God was just like you said, here first, knew all, saw all, is sovereign throughout it all. And if we will just lean into that, that it really gives us freedom.
0: It does. You know, I was uh, thinking, Corey, over the weekend just about, you know, we all have if onlys in our life. Well, if only Mm. I had done this or if only I had done that, whatever. And so I was having one of those moments thinking, well, if I would have trusted Christ a little more, maybe if I would have leaned into him a little more and I had to come to this place of whatever all of that is, what I have is right now. Amen. And if I'll lean in right now and endeavor to be more mature right now and not just read God's word to change my situation or all of those things that we do when we're mm-hmm. in trouble or whatever, if I'll just surrender to him and let him make me who he wants me to be in his image and obey his word, he's not surprised by where I am.
1: Well, in, in Jesus, in the gospel of Matthew is, is very much a, a savior of the present when Jesus says, uh, so many of you worry about tomorrow, tomorrow yeah. has enough concerns mm-hmm. for itself. When so many people are trapped in their past mistakes, Jesus says, no, 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 no. I forgive the past. And as the Bible says in the old Testament, we, he separates us as far as our sin is from the East is from the West. And so Jesus is very much a, a present yes. savior. And, and I think that's what we miss so much in our culture mm-hmm is we're either constantly worried about the future or we're constantly living in the past. And Jesus encourages us, be be here, be now, take this moment, uh, take advantage of this moment. And so, again, that's why not only should this be read, it should be a, if not daily, it should be a consistent part of our life. Yes. So.
0: Yes. And we reap the benefits because the thing is, he is God. So. (laughs) we're not reading the Word for His benefit. We read the Word so we can learn more about Him and live life His way. And I think, Corey, one of the things that I see about our culture right now is that people are so angry. It's like everybody Mm. is sitting on a slow stew. A
1: ton of aggression right now. Yes,
0: so much. And uh, a lot of times people will say, well, Christians, you know, that's a sin to be angry. That's not really what the Bible teaches. Mm -mm. And the book of John does go into... Uh, The one account of Jesus that we're given, uh, right, where Jesus was angry and people don't quite know what to make of that. But I think that righteous anger, as defined in the Bible, has a place in our
1: lives. Again, chapter two, it's funny. Mm -hmm. I I told you I went through uh, and reread the first nine chapters a couple of times recently. And uh, I read chapter two Mm -hmm. this morning, actually, and you get this image Whenever, again, people kind of paint Jesus as this um, kind of uh, emasculated, almost hippie or something. And and that's not the Jesus of the Bible. He was very loving, very tender, very relational. And also there was a righteous indignation that Jesus displayed. And when Jesus walks into the temple... And he's seen that it's become more of a marketplace than a house of worship. <laughs> I love how John writes. It says he's in the corner fashioning a cord. I know. Everyone's like, what's Jesus doing? He's like, I'm about to show you what I'm doing. So there is an angry side of God, but it's a righteous, holy, justified anger
0: mm-hmm.
1: towards injustice and corruption. Right,
0: right. And the end result of that display of anger. And as uncomfortable as sometimes people can be about anger, the end result of what Jesus did with the money changers and driving out that corruption was to restore his house to a place of worship. And as you study through with us in the book of John, you'll see what Jesus was doing was removing the obstacles for people to worship. So we need to ask ourselves, this righteous anger that we say that we have. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't, but I have to look then at my righteous anger and ask myself, okay, is what I'm angry at really sin? And is am I removing obstacles, right? And is healing going to come forth something good from this anger or is it destructive?
1: So, so going back to something we were talking about, um, that there is a problem with the North American church. There's a problem with the integrity. And I don't mean to just come on and I, I believe in the church. Amen. I believe in the corporate gathering of the yes. church. Um, but, but for several decades now, there has been a downward slope of the integrity and and the effectiveness of the church in the United States. And I think that's what Jesus was upset about yeah. in John chapter two. He walked into his house and said, you guys are not focusing on the correct things. Mm-hmm. And this makes God angry. And I think us as Christians, we have to be careful because i don't I don't condone just constant bashing of the church, right. but the fact that more churches don't teach the Word of God, the fact that more churches uh are more concerned with lavish buildings or lavish salaries for lavish uh, salaries for their employees and not doing the work in the community, not being sacrificial, not teaching his gospel, this is something that Christians should be able to stand back at and say that this is this is upsetting this is right. wrong
0: right and Instead of saying, well, I just won't go back to church anymore because everybody's a hypocrite there and everything is just wrong and you can't believe anything, you know, that's ridiculousness too. Yes, it is. That's stupid and ridiculous. The, the church is what God chose for his people to be trained and matured. And there's no church that's perfect, but we ought to be able to open up our eyes and say, okay, how can I glorify God The right way,
1: now. And again, there's a personal, there's an introspection we have to take on ourselves. Mm -hmm. So we're we're all so quick to to criticize the church and the pastor or whatever. Um, When I think a lot of Christians need to ask themselves, well, what have I done for my community? What have I done for my neighbor? What have I done uh, uh, to make the world a better place to live in? Mm -hmm. And if the answer is nothing, um, then the problem really is is us as individuals, isn't it?
0: Right, right. And it's... So for <laughs> the answer also isn't that people are coming to you or to me or to whoever else to tell us what we need to do for the community, right?
1: We're so good at that, though, Monica. Yes. I'm so good at pointing out the evil in you. Yes. And I well, need to be addressing the evil in me.
0: Well, and that's what the Bible says. For yes. me not to try to take right the speck out of your eye, well, that's I've got right. a beam in my own. And we've become in so many ways. And again, I don't say this to be harsh to any of you. I, I'm asking myself all these same tough questions myself. Am I expecting other people to do more than I'm willing to do? Am I praying for my neighbor? Am I sharing Christ with my neighbor? Am I angry? If I'm going to be angry, am I angry about the right things and do I want the right result or is my heart to bash people?
1: And that really is the beauty of the gospel, yeah. of John, is uh, this is maybe the understatement of, of forever on this show, but our job really is to look at the model of Jesus and, and to live, to the best of our abilities the way J- jesus demonstrated life yeah. and so there are things we are to be angry about there is grace that we are to show i can't wait to get into some of the different things uh, i love in chapter three the story of nicodemus i love the story of the woman yeah. in the well i, I can't wait yeah. to get to that
0: well let's talk about the story of nicodemus because he's coming up next here in john three sure yeah
1: uh you want me to talk about Absolutely. that you to start off yes. that I love the fact that in our, our culture nowadays, we uh, we really tend to demonize educated and successful people. Yeah. And we have an educated, successful man named Nicodemus who came at... It's, it's interesting, the little things that we miss. It says that Nicodemus came to him at night. I know. Probably not wanting to be seen mm-hmm. by his contemporaries. Yeah. And so he approaches Jesus kind of at a time when, when maybe no one will see me. Right. <laughs> Fascinating, well, right?
0: Well, that... In that one vein, right, he wants to seek, right? He wants to see what's going on, not ready to be called out or identified just yet. That's right. So that's a thing for him. Mm -hmm. But the fact that he is a learned man, Mm -hmm. well-known, and yet he has an interest in the Messiah.
1: Yes. And another thing that's fascinating, I I love the story of Nicodemus. Nicodemus walks up and he says, uh, obviously... You're blessed by God because no one that's the, no one could do the things you're doing without being mm-hmm. blessed by God. And it's interesting because Jesus doesn't speak to that. Jesus says that you have to be born again. Yeah. So Jesus answers a question that Nicodemus, as far as we know, never asked. Right. Right. And so you see in that, that not only do you have this, this successful, powerful man that comes at night because he's, because he's still on the fence But Jesus cuts right to the chase, cuts to his heart. And he goes, I know why you came. Mm -hmm. Cut the small talk. Let's get to the serious conversation. And I I just love to see these little kind of nuggets of Jesus. Yes. And um, it's just neat. You learn more about Jesus's character right there.
0: Right. And that he wanted to get to the heart of the matter. Yes. And that, you know, uh, Jesus tells him to tell you the truth. Unless you're born again, you can't see the kingdom of God. That's a lot of truth right there. And then Nicodemus says, what do you mean? exclaimed Nicodemus. How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again?
1: Right. So this, I I love this chapter so much um, without getting into uncomfortable territory, but I'm finding more and more, you kind of like uncomfortable territory, so (laughs) maybe maybe we'll go there. So often in our culture, we hear uh, from various lifestyles that I was born this way. Right. And I always go back to John chapter three. Uh, we are all born into some kind of propensity to sin. That's correct. Whether that be anger, uh, I'm talking about unjustified anger, whether that be lust or greed or, or whether it be an alternative lifestyle, whatever the case mm-hmm. may be. But Jesus clarifies and he says, OK, you know, you can be born however you're born. The trick is, have you been born again? Yes. So whenever someone says, well, I was born that way. OK, I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. That's not the case. The case is, have you been born a second time?
0: Exactly right. Spiritually. Right. Because I think that people do say, well, I was born this way. Sure. Absolutely. I'll give you that. But we're born again. That's right. Another way. That's right. We're born again by the Spirit when we accept Christ. And he, Jesus replies to him, he says, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water water and the spirit. Right. Humans can only reproduce human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. So don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. And that is the answer,
1: right? And so simplistic. And I love mm-hmm. how a very, like you said, a very learned man like Nicodemus misses the simplicity of what Jesus is saying. Right. And Jesus simply looks at him And and he even says, he kind of chastises him a touch and says, you're a teacher, don't you know these things? Yeah. This is simple. This is easy. Yeah. We're born into sin. You got to be born out of sin.
0: That's right. And we're born again, not to sin. When we're born again by the spirit Mm. of God, our flesh can be crucified. That's right. And we can fulfill the spirit and not the lust of the flesh. That's right. That happens by being born again. And we complicate being born again a lot. Nicodemus (laughs) is not the only guy. Right. Yeah, it's been me. Yeah. Oh, me too. Right. <laughs> I, I got in by grace. And then That's I can right. remember I became like a little checklist Bible study girl, you That's know, right. and that happened to me. And then I had to realize this is not helping me grow. That's right. Um, and it's not glorifying God. But this to, we have to be born again in order to see the kingdom of God. Mm. Very good. Yes. And then he lets us in, helps us to grow and do all of those things.
1: And later on, uh, John says grace upon grace, right? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's what we lean into. Yeah. So. Yeah.
0: And we're going to keep doing more of that today. Um, Corey, I appreciate you coming to help us study so much. the book of John together. And I want to remind you all that we're going to put up the notes from today in the online extras for the book of John. And I want to encourage you that if you have not been born again by the Spirit, hmm. you've been thinking about Jesus, maybe mocking Jesus, Today, this moment might be your moment. It starts with a step of faith to ask Christ into your heart, to ask for forgiveness of your sins. And so if you would like us to pray with you, if you contact us, we would be so glad to pray with you. Today's truth, we shared a lot of things, but I want to remind you, we build our life on the truth of God's word. This is his world. He was here first. We're out of time. We've got to go, but we say goodbye and God bless you.